0: Hello and welcome to the Distance Diaries podcast. It's our second episode of 2019 and our 24th episode in total. Uh, my name is Fraser and I'm from London. Uh,
1: my name is Natalia and I'm from Mexico City.
0: And thank you so much for joining us um, for another episode. We've got um, hopefully quite an interesting main topic that we're both quite, well, we've been following for quite a long time to talk about.
1: Yeah, um, definitely.
0: But before that, what have you been up to in, in Mexico City this week? I know it's been a busy week for you.
1: It's been busy, but I've only I, I gathered where I've been that I could recommend. And it's not actually that many places. I've <laughs> been to a place called Tokyo Music Bar, which is in Guatemoc by the Angel of Independence. And it's really nice. You have to make a reservation. You can't just show up, apparently, because it's quite new. And it used to be invitation only. So it's it's a really nice sort of decorated place, very Instagrammable, basically. <laughs> it's got pink sofas and pink and gold bar chairs and vinyls and some marble green tables. So you can imagine the type of place it is. That so good. Went there for my friend's birthday and then we headed to a club, uh, which is normally on, our, on Thursdays. It's Bon Bon, so it's a gay club, so that was quite fun. And then the next day, I went to Terraza Cha-Cha-Cha, which we've been to together, actually. And it's by the Monument of Revolution, and it has a really nice view.
0: Yeah, it's got a great view, and again, it's quite... Well, it's it's not super decadent, but it's quite sort of sophisticated environment, shall we say.
1: Yeah, so you can get nice drinks. It's a little bit cheaper than Tokyo Music Bar. How about you?
0: Yeah, I've not been quite as as busy as, as you and mm-hmm. going to so many interesting places. Um, although I did do a couple of things. So I went back to my old university for an event where current students got to meet former students. And although I graduated only a few years ago, it was still uh, really nice to go back and chat to some current students. Um, and although I kind of realised as I was talking to them, they were asking questions like, what advice would you have given yourself when you graduated? And it was really hard to actually think of specific pieces of advice unless I was asked quite specific questions about how do you think about this or how do you feel about this or why do you like your current job or why didn't you like your previous job? So, yeah, it was quite interesting to to do that. Um, and also there's some quite impressive people who... Also graduated from the um, similar course to me, so the people who work yeah, so it's
1: at, good to network with them.
0: Yeah, it's quite interesting. So there's people who work at really interesting companies. There's a lot of people who work in politics, like quite close to people in power. So yeah, it was pretty interesting to be around those people and just hear what they were all up to, and also hear what uh, people who are currently studying are looking to to go into. Um, The other thing I did was I I went to watch my local football team down in sort of south-central London. They're called Dulwich Hamlet, so they're like a non-professional team. Um, But I'd been meaning to go for ages, so I went with my flatmate. Um, And it was really good fun. It was a great atmosphere. And the football was, like, not the best quality, but it was really entertaining. And, yeah, it was just really nice kind of to walk from my house to a match because normally it's kind of a big event yeah a big trip to go and watch a game um so yeah I'll I'll probably probably be back soon
1: so what what have you been enjoying apart from that in 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 terms of media
0: oh not a massive amount (laughs) I don't know why I I can actually so I was thinking about this and I can't actually think why but I just feel like I haven't watched a lot of tv or anything or but on um monday uh, so actually a week ago now um uh there was a new song released by the japanese house and and it's called we talk all the time and i think that's the third song that she's released from her new album which is coming out in a month or so and yeah i think it's actually going to be a really good album um it's been a long time in the making and yeah i'm getting pretty excited for that what about you
1: Um, I do have quite a few things, actually. Um, I watched Russian Doll Netflix, all eight episodes. It was created by Natasha Lyonne, who most people probably know from Orange is the New Black. I forgot the name of her character, but if you Google her, you'll know who she is. Um, Amy Poehler, who is very famous from Parks and Rec, uh, and Leslie Headland, who I think was the original creator, and then Amy and Natasha sort of came in and made it a better show. And it's really interesting. I really enjoyed it. It's a full... uh, The writer's theme is all women. And all the... I think all the directors are women as well. It's just a, a team of women. And you can tell where it's not too on your face. Like, you're not watching the show and thinking, oh, it's such a feminist show. It's just... It's quite well written. So I... I really enjoyed that. The last episode was directed by Natasha Lyon, who plays the main character. And it's interesting because I thought that was the most interestingly directed episode because it's a show that deals with timelines and it was was very interestingly done. Uh, So it's about, I'll just say the the general plot. It's about a woman who is celebrating her birthday party and she dies uh, at one point in the night And then she wakes up again at her birthday party. Uh, So it's very groundhog day in that sense, but it really delves deep into her personal problems in her life and how she deals with them in this one day over and over again. So I really enjoyed it. I... Then uh, I finished uh, The Strange and Beautiful Sorrows of Ava Lavender, which is a book by Leslie Walton. I've been meaning to read this Uh for so long. I think it was brought out in 2014, bought it in 2014, and I just read it.
0: Yeah, you'll have to do uh, or tell everyone another time about all the books you've been reading this year, because you've been reading a ton of books over yeah you've been on a real i know i know i've noticed that you've been on a real kind of kick to try and read a lot more
1: yeah i'm trying to read more because in 2014 i read a lot and then i got i went to uni and i I stopped reading as much for pleasure so i'm trying to to regain that so i'm trying to read three or four books a month
0: yeah that's impressive
1: so i read that book and that book is a, a, a book about sort of family history and this family that has they've all been sort of touched by magic in some way so it's almost magical realism but I don't want to fully call it that because I haven't studied magical realism and I feel like magical realism is a world that looks very much like our own but where certain magic aspects are accepted whereas in this book the magical aspects are not accepted they're actually seen throughout the generations as a family of sort of different people and they're they're rare and they're kind of discriminated by society because they're different and they're weird so it's about the life of this family through the generations mostly the women in the family actually so really enjoy that it's beautifully written so i really like that yeah i listened to ariana grande's new album thank you next i've been i've been enjoying that i like the song ghosting I think that's the one I've I've enjoyed the most so far, and obviously Thank You Next. It's I really like Thank super, You Next. Super
0: super successful.
1: Yeah, I think Ariana Grande. You know, she's she's a pop princess, and I really like her. And I think she deserves a lot of success because I yeah, I think she's just a good person. So I'm <laughs> um, I'm rooting for for her. I don't need to. She's already super successful, but yeah, I like her. I watched A Star is Born. I told you I'd seen a lot of things. so <laughs> I watched A Star is Born. Uh, we all know what that's about. I'm not going to retell the story. It's directed by Bradley Cooper. It stars him and Lady Gaga. Um, I thought the great discovery of the film was Bradley Cooper can sing and he can play guitar really well. And he can match Lady Gaga in a way, which is amazing. And Lady Gaga can match Bradley Cooper in acting, which is amazing because he's a great actor Um, those were my revelations, I enjoyed the first few sort of, the first act of the film, I quite enjoyed, after that, controversial, it fell apart for me, after the first act, I just didn't understand why or what I was watching, it was, the rhythm was off, there were some scenes that just didn't work in the same way that other scenes, everything was too pretty imperfect and, and they were trying to take risks but not quite taking them and then yeah it was just i don't think they committed to the risks they were taking so i i was just a little bit thrown off and it yeah. felt a little bit like a tv movie i'm sorry the songs are great i enjoyed the songs and i enjoyed the singing but yeah that's a meh that's a shame me.
0: i don't know i yeah. don't know what a meh is. It's but, just
1: neither here nor there. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's the most horrible vi- film uh, ever made. I just think it's in the middle. Okay. It's all right. And finally, I read an article in the LA Times written by Carolina at Miranda or A Miranda. I I feel like she's I feel like she's Latin. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> It is called Roma star Jalitza Aparicio is so much more than her Oscar fairy tale. I'll link it in the show notes. I thought it was a really good interview with Jalitza, who stars in Roma, the film by Alfonso Cuaron, which is on Netflix, has 10 Oscar nominations. is quite, quite big. It's just, I feel like when I watch Jalitza in TV interviews, it's all very quick. So I don't get to hear her voice Properly, I don't get to hear what she has to say properly and I feel like in print interviews she comes off a lot more with what she wants to do and what she's like and I really enjoyed it because it re- she's very clever, she has a lot to say and so I enjoyed reading this and it's basically an article that delves into her intentions as a person and very much is very careful with the context in which Mexico is in, and why Jalitza wanted to be a teacher before she fell into this acting job. And the way that she wants to inspire social change, and how she's discovered that she can do it through acting as well. So, really enjoyed it. I'll just read a little quote from it so you get a feel of what Jalitza has to say. People would tell me, why do you study? One, you're a woman. Two, you don't have the right colour. Three, your economic station doesn't help you'll end up getting married and becoming a servant. I could stay in this jar where they say I belong, where they tell me you can only be a servant, that you can't aspire to be more. And sorry to use the word servant, but that is just how they say it to you. So it's very much about how she wants to create social change. So it's very interesting. Cool. And that's it. That's what I've enjoyed this week.
0: Awesome. Quite a lot there for her in terms of recommendations for yeah. people, which is is cool and... Yes, I will try and come back with some more um, for for next time as well. So we're going to move on to our main uh, topic this week, and it's just going to be one thing that we're going to talk about. And we wanted to discuss um, and understand a little bit more the history of the Influencer, Um, so what is an influencer where do they come from what are the current trends and what do we think is going to basically happen in the future because I think whether we like it or not it's something that we can't escape from if we're online um, and even if we're not thinking about purely online but um, because obviously the world did exist before the internet as well Um, yeah but yeah it's definitely something that's that's going to play more and more of a, a role if not in our careers but in our, our personal lives for sure
1: yeah so do you want to get us start on the actual history of the influences sort of
0: so if we go back around 100 years that's when i think we can start <laughs> the journey of the first influences coming into existence at least in western culture Yeah, it sort of of
1: trace back where that trust comes from and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, so probably kind of after the First World War. So at that point, you've got the emergence of a a kind of small number of consumer brands that Mm. are becoming known by a lot of people, um, alongside the sort of emergence of the mainstream consumption of newspapers, uh, which had been around for a while before that, um, magazines and also radio kind of access for people, uh, and so as a result of of all of these things, you started to have celebrities, both kind of fictional and also real, who became known and associated with certain products. So, yeah. um, what the example that's given by a lot of articles about the subject is Coca Cola using uh, santa claus father christmas to promote coca-cola in 1931 so
1: was santa claus the first influencer
0: one of the first
1: influencers, (laughs) although
0: it's hard to really yeah understand exactly kind of the dynamics at play there given that yeah um given that but effectively he was the first it was the first time that a brand had sort of really deliberately Tried to associate themselves in a Use really,
1: personality. yeah,
0: in a really really long lasting way. Like there had been occasions before, yeah. but this was one that really kind of stood the test of time and became known um, in a major way. Um, then, kind of moving on to after the Second World War, again on the fictional characters theme, another one that's lasted well is Tony uh, the Tiger, yeah. which is the the Kellogg's um, tiger mascot <laughs> that you'll see on serials.
1: Yeah, so this is almost like a little bit how brands used to... They understood that taking a personality and associating it with their brand was working, basically. And that's yeah. how we can trace back the sort of influencer idea of... Exactly. The personality. Yeah,
0: personality and memorability of people is, is sort of yeah. more important than memorability of the product, necessarily. Of the product, yeah. Um, and you also had another iconic one was Marlboro Man you also had uh, Marilyn Monroe at that time in the 50s who yeah
1: she was probably a first influence. Yeah,
0: yeah and who really kind of had a not only um, was able to influence consumers but actually influence companies themselves in terms of the products that yeah. they put out in influenced fashion etc um, herself and so um, moving on to the 80s the 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 kind of biggest example is Michael Jackson who mm-hmm. um, was paid around five million dollars um, throughout the 80s to do kind of various adverts um, back when he was still you know at his his peak as an artist um, yeah in fact there was even an incident where his hair caught fire during the filming of an advert and he was paid uh, paid in a, a lawsuit one and a half million dollars by pepsi for nearly uh burning him uh to death so that's a that's a <laughs> that's curious it's an
1: interesting story li- little
0: known <laughs> story about michael jackson his hair was set on fire whilst making an advert yeah um and then this sort of trend of celebrities as far as we can tell has continued and celebrity endorsements up until Recently, when the sort of celebrity influencers become challenged by the new influencer that I think we kind of imagine as the influ- influencer yeah, an influencer, the influencer of today. and I think for me, and according to kind of most people who write about this, Instagram launched October 2010. within two years, it had 30 million users and was bought by Facebook. And as of the end of last year, it has over a billion users, and I think that, yeah. like that period of the last sort of six, seven years, puts us, or seven, eight, On nine today. years, puts us kind of in the era of the influencer.
1: Yeah. So also in 2010, Amazon had the idea to use connect with Facebook and use your own friend list to sell you things. So what are your friends buying? Type of thing. Yeah. And that I think is interesting in this context is because Amazon thought people take personal recommendations seriously, so let's do that and then this news sort of influencer culture and we' will we'll define what we see as influencers in a second, but this sort of influencer culture is that is you see them as your friends. And what are they recommend- recommending? Um, so I feel like this idea that Amazon had to use your own friends to sell you things is a very important yeah. um, dividing factor into what used to be marketing and what is marketing now.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of digitizing recommendations and trust and then influencers are doing that on like a mass, mass scale, effectively. Yeah. Um, and for sort of thousands of people at a time.
1: They're now a full part of the advertising economy. There's no real marketing in a company if it's not dealing with influencers unless obviously it's not to consumer and it's b2b even then maybe they do use influencers but yeah on a business to consumer company you have to do influencer marketing like it's just part of it
0: yeah there'll almost always be some component of it um even if it's not like your main thing there'll almost certainly be yeah a kind of big element of it even if um it's not something that you choose to do as a brand um, necessarily, there will be influencers that hopefully will pick up your brand anyway, organically, and it will Yeah, and, it and will talk happen. about it.
1: That um, is something else that has happened in the timeline of the influencer and where we are now. It, there is now laws that influencers and bloggers, and they have to stick to in terms of advertising. So they have to disclose that it's an advert. I think a recent law was just passed in, I, I think, Europe, where they have to say... When things were gifted to them, when things were paid, to when they're paid to say something, like everything has to be disclosed now as well. Yeah, for sure. Which it didn't used to be like that. So it was a goldmine because they could just say that they love a product. And maybe they do, but they were being paid to say it and no one knew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those laws, that's the thing. Those laws have existed in the kind of um, printed press for a really long time. So if something's been in a magazine that's been paid for, they have to say uh, but it's only, I yeah, it's only now that that's kind of been translated um, across into the online world. Um, and yeah. so now you've you've got these two competing groups. So you've got your celebrities who can promote, just be paid to promote any kind of mainstream product, I suppose. Um, whereas then you've got influencers who are maybe, I suppose, they've been brought into existence by social and technological changes so you've got more kind of niche markets and markets and niche interests so rather than having only kind of film stars who are famous you've now got people who are famous just for makeup or just for hair recommendations whereas previously that would have all been kind of bundled under one celebrity figure that you would have paid as a brand to do that promotion for you. Um, and
1: And I would say even within that, even within those two groups, there are subgroups in the niche influencers in terms of there's there's some of them that are just influencers that's their job title that is what they do they go on Instagram they post nice photos and that's what they do whereas there's some that are bloggers or podcasters or journalists um that have a public life on Instagram as well or on Twitter and they also become known into this umbrella term of the influencer
0: yeah they're more just kind of people who might have some influence (laughs) where rather than sort of like professional people that create content
1: well no no that's not what i mean because bloggers are professional people that create content but they do something more than just an instagram yeah do you know what i mean like they write and they maybe have a podcast and they but they also get paid to post things on Instagram, whereas there's people that literally just post on Instagram and that's all they do. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah, their sole function is to promote certain life choices and, exactly. and ultimately yeah, that, that's certain what I mean. brands as well.
1: And I don't know how long that specific type of influencer is going to last because that specific type is selling an unattainable life in a way that people don't see as authentic Because they can't see them on any other platform. Whereas if you listen to someone's podcast and follow them on Instagram and read their blog, you know a lot more about their life and you know a lot more about their personality.
0: Yeah, so effectively what you're saying is people who just happen to have a lot of followers on Instagram is probably not going to be enough to sort of sustain
1: your influence
0: going forward compared with someone who has like the skills and the reputation from doing something else. Who can kind of continually appear and continually be recognized
1: yeah and they can do other things and they can give talks and they can write books and they can whereas i see that the, the thing that people want to be now is just this instagram influencer who will make money for a bit but their influence is not as lasting or as effective because you don't feel like you know them
0: yeah yeah and i think um, if we are kind of finished talking about sort of the history and the emergence of the influencer that actually leads us on quite well to one of the issues that affects yeah. sort of influencer marketing and culture um, which is that people some people will or have developed kind of fake followings either by sort of automating the process of gathering followers by following and unfollowing people on social media or by actively yeah. like buying likes or follows from a cheap part of the world or from bots to make their numbers look better and I suppose like you hope that that's just never going to be a sustainable strategy if they don't have the kind of skills to to back it up but it is a really big issue because for a couple of years there was a period where brands or journalists didn't realize that this was going on so effectively people were just you know being duped into paying for Influence that just, re- just really isn't there. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. And that goes into also brands asking themselves why are influencers successful and why do we choose certain people to promote our products? And basically, bloggers and these sort of everyone who falls into the term influencers, what they do is they're securing a brand with three things so with engagement from followers, with authenticity, and with a nice aesthetic that they don't need to work on because it, the peop- the person will do it for themselves. But the problem with people faking followers is that brands don't see a return. So the reason why these people they cannot last is because if brands aren't seeing return from them, they won't hire them again. Yeah. And what is looking like is going to happen is that brands are going to have longer term contracts with influencers because it's a strategic relationship.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah, that will probably cut down on some of those issues. So on the next issue, which is accountability. And I mean that in the sense that influencers aren't always able to be held accountable for what they post. And I'm thinking specifically about the Fire Festival controversy where you had something like 500, is that right? Influencers? Yeah, something crazy. All around the world. Posted that, yeah, fire Festival going to be the best party. I'll be there. Will you be there? Kind of thing. And, uh, an and orange they didn't even square. know. Yeah. They didn't know what on earth... It was about all they knew is they got paid to post that post. People reading it didn't know what it was about. All they did was just click to link. And, and like, buy tickets. And bought tickets. And there was no... Sp- sponsorship indication about it there was no indication that the people none of those people were actually going to go to the event there was no indication. i mean i think
1: at the time they thought they way. were going to go to the event that was the thing they I thought that they, they were did. invited yeah they did because they what, were offered really? they were offered houses in at the island yeah
0: okay and then but i don't think you're actually going to get like some of the really really famous people going like
1: I think, yeah, because they were offered like massive houses in a massive music festival. They were like, yeah, okay, hmm. yeah, no, they were gonna go.
0: Yeah, it, anyway, there was no yeah. public, there was no accountability about it, and ultimately, they were just able to basically take money from an event, which in the end scammed like
1: everyone, a few yeah. thousand
0: people, which is is crazy, really. And it it, it as we were saying before, it, up until now, it has just been basically the wild west. Um, yeah. And ultimately, the kind of counter argument to that is that influencers, in theory, have a reputation to protect. And ultimately, they should choose brands or they should only accept money from people that they trust.
1: They believe. But the problem is once
0: (laughs) money becomes involved, it's actually really, really hard to do that and to, you know, use your judgment and do the right thing.
1: I also think what happens and there's there's a shift in trust, in consumer trust, I believe, is that when an influencer is now a celebrity, so talk about the Kardashians. The Kardashians aren't out there doing their little blog, the Kardashians are blown out celebrities. So they can almost do whatever they want and people will still follow them. Like that's sort of the and that happens with celebrities in general. Yeah, like can you yeah, so it's the power of what they sell is very big because Kim Kardashian Gonzalez, this like dietary uh, lollies, and sort of get away with it and get paid tons and tons of money. And the question is, do, does she need to do that given the, the, the status of celebrity that she has? So people are stopping a little bit. Trusting those massive, massive celebrities because they think, do you really need the money from that?
0: Yeah. So yeah. it's
1: kind of whereas when influencers are small are smaller, somehow they're more conscious about the fact that in order for people to come back to them, they need to recommend actually good things that are going to work. Otherwise, people will not keep following them.
0: Yeah, and also ton- on the point that you said, really, tons of the content is just really boring and repetitive. When yeah people would do that like it's not when it's just a sponsored post it's not original it's not interesting for people and you know it's the kind of thing which over time doesn't really help the brands themselves and in theory it'll slowly wear down the actual influence that that person promoting it has Um, and the internet
1: at the end of the day the internet wants to see people being held accountable in every way which can sometimes be bad with the whole cancel culture but that's a whole different podcast
0: (laughs) that's one Um, for a future episode
1: yeah (laughs) but people do want to see others get accountable that's why when the fire festival documentary came out people started saying that um which jenna was it that poster was it kylie people started saying that she should donate a part of the money to people in the island because at the end of the day even if she didn't know she was unknowingly about the scam yeah and you know it's all guilt money so she's done it a bit um,
0: I know we talked about it a little bit last time but I was actually I was looking through the original investor pitch deck for Fire Festival uh, this week when I had a spare moment and I was clicking on the various uh, kind of influencers or basically just Instagram accounts and celebrities who promoted it uh, with links to the the posts that they'd done on Instagram and only only about half of them have actually removed the, oh dear the post quite a lot of them still have the now infamous orange tile on their instagram feed and there's a couple of comments on all of them saying like oh this this is uh this didn't didn't pan out so well but uh yeah. but anyway i just thought it was kind of a, an interesting aside that those people maybe uh <laughs> need to need to get those get those posts from me
1: yeah and we all want we all kind of people are tired of others not being held accountable so there's a lot of there's a lot more backfiring towards these types of influencers than there ever has been so I think that, that I do think that's a good thing because we are keeping with people who actually think through their sponsors
0: yeah yeah and I mean, in terms of, like, other issues, the other sort of big thing that I've written down is kind of what you've already said, which is that this is, like, consumerism masquerading as culture. And as lifestyle. Yeah, in the sense that it isn't... A lot of it, especially the, the paid influence, isn't... It's not culture. It's not, like, good content. It's just marketing and advertising as they
1: make it good content and it's rare at the end of the day because these guys what they're doing is they get paid and that's how they make a living and it's fair enough that is their job but that is not the content they love making the content most of them love making is other type of content like their own type of content not
0: And that a we'll brand have, told me to say this yeah and that and that other content will have good recommendations in exactly. it and hence that's why they are influencers i suppose
1: so another thing i wanted to bring up on terms of issues and debates with the news influencer culture is this idea that we have of authenticity and how we want everyone to be authentic and that is now a bit of a trend where influencers are trying to be very authentic and they will put a video of them without makeup and state, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing any makeup. You shouldn't have to state that. Like that's just, okay, good for you. But it's selling into this, I'm so authentic idea that is now a trend. And we need to think about how curated are their lives. If our own feed with a couple hundred followers is already a little curated version of our lives, Imagine people who are doing it for a living and they physically plan each photo shoot and post. It's it's unachievable for people that don't work as an influencer or yeah. as a blogger or as an Instagrammer to to reach that level of feed. And it's it doesn't mean it's wrong, it's their job. It it just means we have to understand it. And I'm wondering if we live in a, you and me are in a generation that doesn't fully understand it yet because we were the first, we were the first there. And I wonder if younger people is just a chip in their brain now that they know or is it worse?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's like a question mark over how we've seen the change happen so we're not sort of fully part of the, the experiencing of it.
1: Like, are we sort of, do we understand it more than the younger generations or do they or understand it more than us? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm, and by understand, I mean, do they understand how curated it is? Yeah. Or do we, because we've seen it be curated. I don't know. And <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it's quite easy to to solve that though. It's just, as long as you understand it, you can curate the bloggers that you follow so I try not, I don't follow any influencer for the sake of influencer. And I follow quite a lot of bloggers, but they all do other things. So yeah. I feel like they're a little bit more authentic, maybe, because I know them a little bit better because I follow their podcast or I follow what they've written or I, I read their weekly column on whatever magazine. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I know them a bit more, whereas I feel like the trend is going towards people just being influencers for
0: the sake of it yeah and I think in terms of in the future I was thinking will there be effectively a generation of children who rather than wanting to be film stars specifically instead want to be influencers if that makes sense so it used to be that okay this is gonna sound like sound like I'm trying to sound like an old man or whatever but (laughs) you know people used to want to be have their photo in the paper and be on the red carpet if you wanted to be a celebrity or whatever. Yeah. Now you want to have 100,000 Instagram followers and people are trying to build up, whether it's people who want to be um, professional athletes or want to be business people, they're trying to, even from a very young age, build up a following and have like a huge sort of personal brand and have influence just as part of like, who they are and their goals. And I feel like we are kind of the generation that's, I suppose, on the cusp of that, where it's only a handful of people want to be like that.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be it will be the same type of person that wanted to have their photos taken on a red carpet that will want to be an influencer. It's not... Yeah. I don't think it'll be bigger. I think it's the same type of person because a lot of times that wasn't driven by, I love acting, I want to act. A lot of that was driven by actors are rich, so I want to be a celebrity. And I think the same thing happens now in the sense that people like Bella Thorne, who is an actress, has said that she makes immense amounts more money from her Instagram than she does from her acting roles, mm. which is insane. Well, she's more of an influencer now than she is an actress. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it's interesting because these people who are so driven by the rich factor of all oh, celebrities are rich. They'll, they'll, it'll be the same factor that drives them to say I want to be an influencer. But again, I have, maybe I'm being delusional, but I feel like those people don't make it that far into being an influencer. They, they will have tons of followers. Yeah. But I don't think they last as long because, I don't know, bloggers have been around for 10 years because they do so much more than just post photos on Instagram. And I feel like that's something that's not quite been understood yet because we're not there it's been so such a short time.
0: Yeah, I mean actually so to taking that to the extreme, have you heard of Lil Michaela?
1: Yeah, the the sort of woman who is not real.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Michaela yeah. Sousa. Um, yeah. um who is <laughs> effectively a 19-year-old Brazilian American model. Who is known as Lil Michaela or at Lil Michaela on Instagram. She has one and a half million followers. Um, and she supports projects like Black Lives Matter, um and various other kind of youth empowerment projects. Um, she regularly racks up over fifty thousand likes on her photos. And um, she's been
1: sponsored by Gucci. She's been, and... Yeah,
0: she's done sponsored posts. She's—I think she's done kind of R&B and pop music videos. All the while, she's not actually a real person. She's a fictional, yeah. a fictional character who is a fic- fictional only in the world of being an influencer, not in a book, not in TV. no. She's like
1: an Instagram fictional character.
0: Yeah, and yet, yeah, not gonna lie, her Instagram feed is great. She's always wearing the coolest outfits, and <laughs>
1: she- <laughs> she's like a more realistic version of a sim that actually wears branded wears things. branded
0: and has like experiences in both real life and online.
1: But I think, for example, the reason why Leo Michaela is so big. Is because is because she's not real, yeah. and that's why people are so. Because she it's a really she does she looks like a computer generated person. She doesn't. It's not like a person is pretending to be little. I Lil mean, Michaela. It,
0: it, it, it looks. Some of the photos are close.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's not like we all know it's not a person pretending to be her. We know she's computer generated. Yeah. Um, which is is so interesting, and that's why so many people follow her It's so like, yeah, it's very interesting, but I personally wouldn't take a recommendation from Lil Michaela because I know she doesn't use that product because she's not real,
0: <laughs> but what's crazy is that she has real fans,
1: yeah, like that is
0: real weird. real girls, real boys that comment like I'm looking at one of the photos now on my on my laptop, like people are commenting like cute, people are saying. Like goals, people are saying, <laughs> "Like this is amazing," and and it's because like somehow her posts are are incredible. So I, I would urge anyone who's not kind of what honest, do you
1: mean by think, somehow they literally made them?
0: <laughs> what, what do you mean?
1: It's not like somehow her posts are incredible. They no, are but somehow post-
0: they just they they sound like a real person. Real, you, yeah. Like they sound like they've created such a strong personality around this girl. So. Uh, blah 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 i've never seen so many damn pastels in my entire life send me your best meditation tips please <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 something 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 p.s valentine crush applications due uh, 13th of february 2019
1: <laughs> yeah i mean but that's why it, that's why it's funny so people like it but i don't think that that is a representation of what's actually going on because she is the reason why she's so famous is because she's not real. That's think, why it's so I think so cool. we, need
0: to, we need to think about this for Mexi clothing. We need to get uh, a new virtual influencer. Okay. To... We're
1: going off on a tangent now.
0: <laughs> I think this is, a good, this is a good idea. So, yeah, that's one for us to go and, and kind of circle back to. Um, I think.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think in general, people are understanding more what, an influencer really is even if it's it's still confusing and even if a lot of people are still trying to be influencers in a sense of just i'm just an influencer like i literally i want my job title to be an influencer and in terms of the future of of influencers i think they will keep getting bigger because apparently 88 percent of consumers trust influencer recommendations as much as brand recommendations wow Which is crazy. Yeah. And eighty four percent of young people don't trust traditional advertising.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of ideally (laughs) ideally uh taking over then from from that. Yeah. I think my the only thing that I see as a really big maybe an obstacle to that happening is that people are not, in my opinion, that engaged with what they're seeing on Instagram most of the time. So and, this, and, and I know that some people, you know, they go on Instagram, they read all the text on the posts, they really, like, spend a lot of time watching everyone's stories. What I see myself doing and what I see other people around me when I'm, like, on my way to work or something doing is clicking through things so, so fast. Yeah. Like, most people are not engaging with Instagram. Like, they're just... It's just a habit of click 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 people aren't actually thinking a lot of the time about that content and so I think it's probably going to be the the place where influencers have the most success is in longer and higher quality things so it links into what you were saying before about you know bloggers and people with those kind of skills are going to benefit because I think that's where the influence comes from is if you can get people to go somewhere where they spend a longer amount of time rather than just the sort of superficial just on Instagram. place, like just on Instagram or just on Twitter. Um, but, yeah,
1: because, for example, we forgot about YouTube a lot on this podcast and a lot of influences came from YouTube, but they will charge more to feature your brand in a YouTube video than an Instagram post because if you put on a YouTube video, you want to watch it. On Instagram, you might just scroll through it and not even look at it.
0: Cool. Yeah.
1: So I think if you want us to do a second part, we clearly have a lot to say. But I think that covers most of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very interesting and something that we're going to be looking out for kind of over the course of the year. And I suppose like one way or the other for, for years to come. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening Uh, If you have any comments, feedback, questions, uh, I am on Instagram as at Fraser D Bell.
1: And on Twitter. And I am on Instagram and Twitter as at underscore Natalia Albin. And you can reach us on our email at Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Great. So thanks again for listening and goodbye until next
1: time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is hosted by Mexi Clothing, a brand that brings you modern Mexican fashion into the UK and Europe. For more, you can visit www.mexi.clothing. Thank you for listening.